Okay. Um, we're going to celebrate the coming of Christ today. And the reason that we're doing that in July is because you don't have to worry about running home and shopping and cooking and cleaning. You don't have to worry about um, any of those things that you have to do in preparation for the birth of Christ. Uh, Christmas time is a time of celebration and rejoicing, but so often we lose the meaning of Christmas because of all of the stuff that comes with it. Um, so today, we're going to celebrate Christmas. Christ with us. Christ Mass. The coming of God into the world. Emmanuel, God is with us. And today we rejoice in that and we celebrate what God has done. And we can focus on what God has done and not get so caught up in all the stuff that goes with the, the holiday and trying to get everything done. And, this, and the Sunday after Christmas, guess what? You don't come to church because you're tired. You're worn out. You've had enough Christmas songs. And you want to get back to the real world again. But for those who have received Christ into their lives, it never gets old. And today, I hope that we can experience that anew. You know, last week we talked about becoming a child. I don't know of any season or time of the year that captures that childlike experience than Christmas. That sense of expectation, that sense of joy and celebration, the eyes of a child on Christmas morning. And we should have that every day of our lives because of what God has done. And as we come into worship today, what is God going to do today? What, what's God going to say to you today, to me today? Hey, what, what is God going to do in this church today? And to have that kind of, of anticipation that a child has on Christmas morning. And if you have that every day of your life, I guarantee you, well, I'd get worn out pretty quickly. I, I, I was telling someone earlier, I went to King's Dominion with my grandchildren this week and just watching them wore me out. But, uh, but that sense of anticipation and joy and celebration should be our lifestyle. And today we're going to talk about that and how we can recapture it again. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being in this place. And it's because, Father, of Christmas. It's because you came to us. And Father, you came to us in the form of a human being. You came to us as a baby. So that we might know who you are. And Father, without your birth, there would have been no death. And without your death, there would be no resurrection. So today we celebrate your coming to us. God, we, we celebrate today your being with us. Emmanuel, God, we welcome you into our hearts. We welcome you into our worship. We welcome you, Father, into our midst as we rejoice today in what God has done.
through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Isaiah proclaimed it. He said in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And here the, uh, God was promising the king of Judah a sign that his enemies would be defeated. And, and we have that sign fulfilled for us in Jesus Christ. Our enemies are defeated. You know what your enemies are? Fear. Greed. Pride. Spiritual forces around us. They're your true enemies. I am not your enemy. No person is your enemy. We fight a spiritual battle. Our battle is not with one another. Although that's what we often do. Our battle is with principalities and powers and forces that we know not of. But in the midst of that spiritual battle, God comes to us. We're not alone. That's not in my notes. Where's Russell? Tell, tell Russell that I didn't, I, I said something wasn't in my notes. God promised the king of Judah that his enemies would be defeated, and we have that in Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, tells us about this promise. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And today we celebrate the fact that God is with us. God is with us. The God who created us, the God of, of, the, of the universe, the God who created all that there is, is with us is in us. I don't understand that. I don't know how that works. But that's what my Bible says. The promised Messiah has come. This Jesus who existed with God and was God from the very beginning of time has come to earth to dwell among us and to be with us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That same Word that was there at the very beginning of time is with us today. Not only has this prophecy been fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ, but the scriptures indicate that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now for those who've received christ into their lives you are seated with him spiritually with him in heavenly places right now ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 we are already in heaven in the eyes of god now that is our condition 
Our position is we're still in on this. Uh, we're still sitting right here. But our condition is we're seated with God for eternity. So the promised Messiah, who was at the very beginning of time, came to earth in Jesus Christ and will be with us throughout eternity. Emmanuel, past, present, and future. God is with us. For that people, we need to rejoice. This is a mystery that's been revealed to us by faith, but it continues to present a challenge to us as we seek to be faithful. How do, how do, we, how do we connect to that mystery? How do we identify with this God who created everything and, and dwells within us, this God who has come to us? So what's next? How do we live? What do we do? The Word of God that created the universe and all that is has become flesh and dwells among us. The Word of God that created the universe has become flesh and dwelt among us. It becomes alive. We have a living Word that dwells among us. The writer, writer of Hebrews says this about the Word of God in chapter 4, beginning with verse 12. Hebrews 4, beginning with verse 12. For the Word of God is alive. The Word of God is alive. It's not just words on a page. God's word is alive. It's living. The word of God has become flesh and dwells within us. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I'm going to read that last sentence again. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What's that mean? That means that the living word of God is checking out what we're thinking right now. Do we need a confessional? The Word of God is checking out our attitude right now. The living Word of God is moving inside of us even as we share together. God's living Word is doing an inventory in our lives to see how we line up with the living Word of God. How do you line up with the living Word of God? How do you know whether you're thinking the right thoughts? How do you know whether the attitude of your heart is correct or not? 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 tells us how God 
gives us a, a check on the attitude of our hearts and mind. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This God within us, this living word, uses this word to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, and to train us in righteousness. So here's a, here's a little test for you. How many of you want to be corrected? How many of you want to be trained in righteousness? How, how many people here will allow the Spirit of God to transform you on the inside to be the person God wants you to be? Or you've already got all the answers. You know how to kill it, skin it, and cook it. And you don't need anybody else to tell you how to do that. You've been doing it all these years. And you've got it down to an art. You know how to do church. But do you know how to be a Christian? And there's a major difference in being church and being the people of God. And the people of God are constantly open to the Spirit of God moving within them. And if we aren't allowing the Spirit of God to train us, to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, then we become hardened. You know the parable of the sower and the seeds and the, the seeds went out. The seed went out. The Word of God went out. And some people, you know, it, it fell on hard ground. They were hardened by this world. Others, you know, it was thorns and thistles and it, it was choked out by the thing. You're so com in, involved in the things of this world that the Word of God can't grow in your life. And others, you know, the seed fell and the old devil comes along and takes it out. And there's a way to prevent that, if you're willing. It means to put it in action right away. If you take the Word of God and act on it immediately, the old devil can't take it. But we like to, well, I'll get right with God later. Be like this guy went to a, a Billy Graham crusade and it was one of those nights that Billy Graham wasn't supposed to be there. He was going to come the next night. So this fellow was sitting there with Billy Graham's schedule changed. So he came, wore a hat and dark glasses, and he was sitting there. And the, one of his associates preached. And at the time for the invitation, he, he leaned over to the fellow in front of him and said, Don't you feel the Spirit of God moving in your life? Don't you want to go forward and receive Christ into your life? He said, Yes, I do. I feel that. But I'm going to wait till tomorrow night when the big guns are here. And sometimes, friends, we don't have a tomorrow night to get our lives right with God. 
Sometimes we don't have that opportunity to do what God wants us to do. And we have to act on what God is saying when God says it. All scripture is God breathed. God inspires this book. And God inspires this book so that it becomes alive inside of us. What does that mean? That means when I read this Bible, I'm going to get a message. When you read this Bible, you're going to get another message. And when we share those messages together, I learn more about God. And by sharing what God is saying to us through his word, we learn more about who God is. And the scriptures become alive as we share with each other. That's what it means to be a living word. Is this book alive to you? Does it live within you? Does it have its own breath inside of you? How do you do that? Well, we're going to do it this fall. Starting in September, we're going to do what's called an inductive Bible study. And we're going to come together as a church and study the Word of God and let it come alive so that it transforms us. And we're all going to do it together. We're going to study the Bible together, and then we're going to share with one another what God is saying to us through his word. You'll be hearing more about inductive Bible study and what that means uh, later, but uh, pray about how God can speak to you and let this become a living word in your life. That's our objective. As God transforms us through his word, by teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness. And what's the purpose for all of that? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, if you don't want to be a servant of God, if you don't want God to use you in this world, if you don't want to be used of God in any way, then don't come to Bible study. Don't let the word of God speak to your life. Block God out. Say, God, I'm going to do it my way. I don't care what you say. And some of us will do that. But what if God wants us to do it a different way? What if God has a message for us and we're so used to hearing this message over here that we don't hear God's message here? What if God has something he wants this church to hear? So let's study it together and let us listen to the word of God, the living word of God, that living word that's working inside of us, that has come to us because of what God has done through Jesus Christ. Because you see, this book will not save you. The words in this book won't save you. Jesus Christ saves you. And it's because of what God has done through Jesus Christ. These words point us to the living word. The words of the scriptures point us to Jesus Christ. So as we 
share together, as we allow it to come alive, as we connect with the living Christ inside of us, he uses these words to enable us to get to know him better so that we are equipped to serve him. Now that's the way that mystery unfolds inside of us. There's no shortcuts. It takes work. It takes an openness to the Spirit of God moving within you. And we're going to do that. That is why we study this book. That is why we'll be seeking to allow the Word of God to come alive within us as we study it together. As we worship the living God together. Now this is... This is the other piece of this that I, I hope that you will um, pray about. We're going to study the scriptures together. And then I'm going to preach on whatever we studied. So we will study that scripture. Then we'll come together and worship. And we're going to worship using that scripture to allow God's spirit to, to speak to us again. And every age group is going to be having the same scripture. So on the way home, on the way home, my amen corner can talk about that scripture together and what it means to them and share together about what God said to them through that scripture. And, and you'll see that different people will, will hear a different message and, and that different message will be, uh, we can share with one another and learn more and, the, and, and it comes alive for us. Allowing the scripture to speak for itself and to teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, and to train us so that we, his servants, his people, might be equipped for every good work so that we might be ready to serve our living God every day of our lives. And that doesn't necessarily mean serving uh, here at the church. It might be. It'll equip you to teach the scriptures. It'll, it'll equip you to be a better husband and a better wife and a better teenager <laughs> Holden did you hear that he was reading that book he wasn't paying attention so I got him I got him on that one this word will prepare us for life and living so that we have it full and abundant and that's what God wants for us God wants us to have life that's full and abundant but in order to do that, we've got to connect to the living word within us. So we're going to let it come alive. We're going to let it live. We're going to let God breathe within us so that we too might encounter that living God through his word. Are you willing to do that? I see some mighty blank faces out there this morning. I don't know what that means. But I can get excited about a group of people 
who become alive with the Spirit of God through the study of His Word. Can you? Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for who you are and for what you've done. And, and God, there's so many things about you that we don't understand. But God, you have given us everything for life and for godliness. And Father, it is your desire that we have life and we have it to the fullest. And Lord, even in the circumstances of life, even when we walk through the valley of the shadow, Father, even when we are caring for loved ones, even when we are growing up and dealing with uh, life choices, God, it is your desire for us to have the power of your presence with us. And God, we are dependent upon you, even as a child is. You have come to us, Father. And today we celebrate that. We celebrate Emmanuel. God is with us. And for that, we're grateful. But Father, now we turn to you and say, Lord, speak to us. Come alive within us. That we might be able to be the people you have created us to be, that we might be the church that you've created us to be, that we might be open to the living word of God that dwells within us. We acknowledge our dependence upon you and ask, Father, as we make decisions right now, as your spirit judges the attitudes of our hearts. Father, that you would guide us to yourself. For Christ's sake, amen. Are you ready to make the decision? Is this thing still on? Or do I need to stay up here? Am I good? Today, we celebrate God celebrate today the fact that Jesus Christ has come into the world so that we might have life that's full and abundant. We celebrate today the gift of God himself, the gift of his love and power and mercy. We celebrate that today. And friends, if you've got that personal, dynamic, growing relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll celebrate it every day. You'll rejoice in what God has done. Not always easy, and that's where we need each other. But God has come to us and spoken to us, and he wants us to hear from him and get to know him. <coughs> How do we do that? Through the living word. If you are willing to allow God to come alive within you, we invite you to share that with us. Well, maybe there's someone here today who's never said, you know, I've never invited Christ into my life. I've never asked Jesus who came at Bethlehem and is now with us. He overcame death and is with us today. You've never asked him to come into your life and be the Lord of your life. That means to surrender your will to the will of the living God. To do it God's way and not your way. And, and, that's, and that's the way the people of God live. We live in obedience to God. So how do we do that? How do we know that? 
We study His Word. And His Word points us to the living Lord. And we come to know Him as we study together. What is it that the Spirit of God is saying in your life? Lorraine's going to lead us on a song. And if the Spirit of God has spoken to you in some way today, come and share it with us. Because the living Lord is searching your heart and your mind right now. Thank you.